Understanding your risk for heart disease can be confusing. For example, which cholesterol numbers or combination numbers should you be concerned about? Some of them or all of them? In today's podcast, Sarah Bush Lincoln cardiologist V. Lakshmi will talk about the variety of screenings used and how the combination of test results, family history, and risk factors all go together to determine your risk of future heart attack. He'll also share with us the one test he thinks many should get and explain how a heart attack actually occurs. As always, Dr. Lakshmi has a lot of great information to share, so don't go away. Friends and neighbors, our hearts beat to heal yours. The Sarah Bush Lincoln Cardiovascular Team stands ready to save your life in ways that are safer, faster, less invasive, and in some situations, extraordinary. You see, that's why we're here, to treat you with first-class technology and simple human kindness. The Heart Center at Sarah Bush Lincoln. Trusted, compassionate care. Right here, close to home. Dr. Lakshmi, it has been a little while. I am so glad to have you back on Health Styles. How have you been? I'm doing great. Good evening, Laurie. It's been exciting to talk to you. It's always been a pleasure talking oh, with good. you and discussing things. Well, you're, you're a wonderful cardiologist, and we're going to talk about heart and heart attacks and calcium CT scores and all sorts of stuff. So to get us started, very easy question, maybe not so easy. Why do people get a heart attack? We think we know, but... This, this is a question which so many times I've discussed, but still very interesting. For a long time, we do not know why people get heart attacks. We thought it's progressive narrowing of the coronary arteries. But what we have learned over the last 20, 30 years is people get a rupture of a plaque, now, when the plaque ruptures, it occludes the vessel and you get a heart attack. So let me give you a reason. Suppose you know a guy who's going to get a massive heart attack. If I do a cardiac cath on him three or four months back, you will not have 90% disease as you would expect. He will have more than, less than 50 to 60% disease. And actually, if I have done the cath, I would have said it's not bad. Put him on some medicines. So the point I want you to understand is you have to prevent heart attacks. Of course, after the heart attack, you put stents and save the patient. But you missed the boat. You should be preventing 100% of the heart attacks. And as I said, you should, with all the resources we have, find out that they have significant disease. To put it another way, they can have a normal stress test three to four months before and get a massive heart attack and die, and they'll be blaming the doctor or whoever. The reason is they did not have significant disease at that time when they did the stress test. They can rupture a plaque. So it's the, there are other causes of heart attacks such as plaque erosion, which you just get a little ulcer there, or nodules or spontaneous dissection, which are rare causes. The vast majority of the patients, they get an acute rupture on a Monday morning. They're fighting with their spouse or stressed out, and 50% and of them were going to die, will die within one hour. And so it's a, it's a preventable but dangerously fatal disease. In the last year, in the last two years, four of my friends and family died of massive heart attack. Two of them are doctors. Wow. That tells you that it's not, I'm not talking about poor people who don't have uh, doctors. They have resources. So you often hear this, uh, I'll just use, you know, guy, active runner, you know, runs every day, runs marathons, drops dead of a heart attack. That's kind of what I'm alluding to. <laughs> so of the four guys who died, which I know, the two doctors, and both of them are like bodybuilders. 
they are exercising. They don't have any symptoms. So they would have said to me, are you kidding me? I don't want any test. I'm so imagine if you go to the doctor, they'll say, we'll do a stress test. And they're going to say, I'm doing a stress test every day. I'm running, which is better than your stress test. The reason is they have this plaques. Now, many of these patients have risk factors, diabetes, hypertension, hyperlipidemia, smoking. But one great risk factor is genetics. You don't have much control over it, but you can prevent it still. So let's say you have this plaque, which is whatever, 70, 80% blocked. All you needed was that running on that day or uh, that exercise or that fight with your spouse or your friend, your argument, you drank on a Friday night and a football match. Boom, you rupture a plaque and you have no collaterals and they'll be dropped dead with ventricular fibrillation. They're dying because plaque rupture. The reason they die because they had ventricular arrhythmias and you have to save them within three minutes. And imagine you go to sleep. You're not going to wake up nobody would know. So you can have a heart attack, completely normal, no problems if you have bad genetics. And you wouldn't have any idea. Imagine there are people who said that my father died at 50 and my grandfather died at 50. These guys have bad genetics and we should be able to detect with what we're going to discuss about the calcium score. Okay, so these guys had the, the plaque like popped off and like got clogged up somewhere else in the arteries. So, in the but heart they had the plaque, but we don't, the plaque. the plaque doesn't have, by the way, until the plaque grows 60 to 70, 80%, you won't have any symptoms because it doesn't occlude the vessel. Okay. So the plaque has to be more than 75 or 80% to have symptoms. Okay. Now, symptom patients may or may not get a heart attack. Some patients have no symptoms. The first symptom is a massive heart attack. And you have to detect it and prevent the heart attack. Okay, because we just we just talked recently to a gentleman who had ninety nine percent blockage. Well, his symptoms were he was really short of breath and he couldn't do what he needed to do, so he came and got it taken care of. But he was you know worried about exercising and, and having a heart attack, so he had outward symptoms. But correct, it's frightening these people that you've talked about exercise. You think, oh my gosh, I'm in the clear, I got no symptoms, and then boom. That's the worst problem. <laughs> now, is. these are, fortunately, it's rare. Yeah. And that's the reason why, you know, when patients do a stress test, I'll tell them your risk of heart attack is 1% to 2%. And then the, I, the reason I would never say 100% because of this, but in 95 to 96% of them, they actually have risk factors. So these are rare, fortunately, the one which we have described, but it can happen, particularly if you have risk factors. Okay particularly if your father, grandfather, mother had sudden cardiac death. Sometimes they don't know. A lot of times, well, you know, what happens? I don't know, I'm adopted. Or they say, my father died, my mom doesn't have any idea, divorced. They do not know the story. It's vitally important to know about the family history for this reason. Okay, so you talked about prevention. We've all heard it a million times, but we're going to go over a million and one times, preventing heart attack. What are the things we should be doing? I mean, this is, you know, we talk about it. It's not enough even 10 times or 100 times because people are still dying on having heart attack. Now, as I said, risk factor reduction is the number one thing, which is taking care of the blood pressure, taking care of diabetes, quit smoking, eating healthy, and exercising. There are data after data that patients were doing somewhere close to between five to 10,000 steps a day. There is decreased incidence of heart attack, decreased incidence of stroke and dementia. This was just recently published. No matter what we say, people all say, I'm busy. 
I mean, you cannot be busy not to exercise for 15, 20, 30 minutes. The more is better, right? Now, so risk factor reduction, which you go to the primary care physician, you make sure that all your risk factors are taken care of. That's one step. The step number two, which we're going to talk about, is doing calcium score. Calcium score is a procedure where you do a CT scan of the chest with no contrast. We don't need a contrast. It's a quick CT, takes a few minutes. It's like about 5 to 10 x-rays. So it's not bad for radiation. And then we can actually look at the coronary arteries. When you, the heart attack doesn't happen in one day, as I said. A lot of these people have plaques when they are 20 or 30. You'd be very surprised when 30-year-old people, when we, some of the autopsies are done in the people who died during war, they have atherosclerosis when they are 30, 25 because of the smoking, stress, and all the fact risk factors we have. So these people have ca- ca- slowly accumulating atherosclerosis. And the calcium will be produced every time when there is microscopic events. So the ideal calcium score is zero. If it is zero, you smile. Now, that doesn't mean that zero means there is no, there could be a soft plaque. There are always people, contrarians, who argue with me. I know somebody who had calcium score of zero, still had a heart attack. Anything can happen. These are occasional, the spontaneous coronary artery dissection. Post-pregnancy, for example, they have no atherosclerosis. This is related to hormonal effect. They can dissect the vessel and get a heart attack. Mm-hmm. There's nothing to do with cholesterol, nothing to do with the calcium. So those kind of fibromuscular dysplasia, these are unusual lupus erythematosus and all those stuff. But the vast majority of the patients will produce calcium as a response to atherosclerosis. So if your calcium score is zero, you have really no atherosclerosis. Zero to 10 is minimal. 10 to 100 is kind of moderate. 100 to 400 is moderately severe. More than 400 is significant. That doesn't mean you're going to panic when you do a calcium score. It means you understand that, okay, I have atherosclerosis. I should get my cholesterol down as low as possible. Do I need to take aspirin? What are the medications? You talk to your primary care and a cardiologist and decide. But if you aggressively treat this patient, suppose you do a calcium score of 500, 600. You do a stress test, it's normal. You put them on a baby aspirin. You get them on cholesterol medicine. You get the bad cholesterol to 70 or 60. The risk of heart attack substantially goes down. Almost to zero. Not zero, but it's almost. So imagine you're 40 or 45. You're healthy. You do a calcium score. It's significantly elevated. You go to your doctor. It's going to put you on medicine. Your risk of heart attack is close to zero. Would you do it? So is this the best one? What about, you know, getting an EKG, getting your cholesterol screening? Those are great. You know, suppose a good screening test is an EKG, particularly 40 or 50 years old. That will tell you that is everything okay at the baseline. Did you have a heart attack? Is there an active problem? It'll pick it up. They'll only pick up if there is an active problem or previous heart attack. Now, stress test. There are different types of stress tests. We do something called stress echo where you do a stress test and then do an echocardiogram, which is a sonogram of the heart, immediately. We do sometimes nuclear stress test. So the patient come in, we inject a nuclear isotope to look at the blood flow of the heart, which is excellent if you have active symptoms. We do an MRI. We don't start, we haven't done it here, but doing cardiac MRI, which is the most fashionable thing now. This is the new thing called CMR, cardiac magnetic resonance. This is if you want to be cool, Talk about cardiac CMR. That's what we do for congestive heart failure. But if you have no symptoms, it's not going to pick it up. Now, calcium score is simple. All you do is you take a breath, you got the number. 
And we do, fortunately, in Sarabush, cheaper than most other hospitals, we do not only the calcium score, we do fasting cholesterol, we do carotid to see whether there's any plaque. That's another indication you have atherosclerosis. Sometimes they even screen aorta and they charge you less than $100. And we have some of the deals you should watch for. I would really talk to the primary care physician. If they are already attached to the Sarabush, they should be able to talk to the rehab and we can arrange it. If you are above 50 for men, 60 for women, or if they have risk factors even younger, like family history, I would talk to the doctor about it. I tell you, this $100 is worth it because it's going to show you where you stand. Now, there is something called CT angiogram where you inject the dye. You can actually look at the coronary arteries. We don't need to do it unless you have symptoms. We don't need to routinely do it. Calcium score is a simple test. When I was in Chicago, I was talking to some lipidologist. It's like a big shot. He says, what do you do? He says, I do calcium score and decide what treatment. I mean, it is, so far, the American Heart Association has put it in class 2 indication. As you know, class 1 is everybody should get it. Class 2A, probably good. Class 2B, questionable. Class 3 is bad. They have put it in class 2A if you have risk factors. Particularly family history or you're smoking, you have high blood pressure, you're worried about it. When we read about it. Now, once you have calcium score, if it is zero, that doesn't mean forever you're going to be fine. It's normally good for about three to four years. If you have risk factors, you can repeat it. Again, it's a very good basic tool. Stress test, stress echo, nuclear stress test, all of them are good if you have symptoms. Mm-hmm. If you're completely asymptomatic, there is no point. Even though we do the stress test, it's really not much of a use. Because if you are not exercising, sometimes I do. For example, you're going to do a vigorous exercise stress test. You want to be a pilot. You're 40, 45. You have some risk factors. You've done walking, but you haven't run. It may be a good way to get a stress test as an assessment. Can I do strenuous exercise? So I will admit I did the program you're talking about, which is heart to heart. I did it Monday, actually, and it was easy. That calcium CT score, I laid there for a few minutes. My guess what my score was? Zero. It was one point one. I mean, I it's was good. Very, I was very happy about it's it. It's very good. I, yeah. I I think I said ten less than ten, probably it's really low. But it tells you where you stand. Mm-hmm. My my theory is my why wouldn't you like to know? We spent Believe me, we spend more money than ever on so many other things. A lot of these patients say, why didn't the insurance cover it? They should. I think, uh, I, you know how it all works, bureaucracy. I think eventually the insurance will start covering because it's worth, because we spend more money. Every time when somebody has a heart attack, my theory is we have failed as a community. I'm talking about a 40, 50, 60-year-old guy. This is the most productive, you know, by the time we study and get a job in America and settle down, by the time I did, I was 35 years old. Most of the guys and girls make money after 40 or 50. Imagine that's a bad time mm-hmm. to have. Now, that the same thing with cancer screening and for women, for breast cancer screening, for men with colonoscopy. I mean, think about, I know we don't want to do these tests. How much time and money will be lost? having a bypass surgery, having this, and you're going to be scared for the rest of your life as opposed to do a calcium score and take medicines. Mm -hmm. By the way, now, I would just use this, you know, what do they do in medicines? Statins are commonly used for decreasing the cholesterol. Now, many patients come to me and say, oh, my LDL cholesterol is, my doctor said it's great. What is it? It's like 115. It's not great. I think 
it's great if you don't have any risk factors and the calcium score is zero. But many of us, we do. If you do have risk factors, almost all diabetics have to be on statins. We want the LDL of 70. Now we are talking about when you're born, which is as a uh, newborn, our LDL cholesterol, which is the bad cholesterol, is about 35. So going close to 50 is good. Mm-hmm. Now, if you can't take statins, you know, they have a lot of bad rep. Do I have a headache, doctor? I have uh, muscle aches. And, or my neighbor said he had the memory problems. He had dementia. When we studied it across the board, yes, there is a small percentage of the patient do have side effects. There is nothing which doesn't have side effects. I mean, you can take any tablets for, um, for any problems and you have side effects. It's always risk-benefit. Now, if your side effects are terrible, there are fortunately a lot of alternatives. We have at least uh, two drugs which can be given injectable, which will drop the cholesterol to less than 50, bad cholesterol. So now the insurance are getting better. Now there is a drug which has just been come in. If you have Medicare Part B, interestingly, they cover, if you have Medicare Part B coverage, every six months one shot, and your cholesterol drops to less than 50. So we can virtually eliminate acute heart attacks and the deaths from it. We have the facility. The question is, are we going to do it? Well, it is confusing because I've got my cholesterol numbers here. And, you know, it's not just like if this number is bad, it's all, all bets are off. It's this whole combination of things, just like, you know, the calcium CT score. It's not you're fine or you're not. Yeah. So when you look at it, you, when they do your cholesterol, you get one, two, three, four, five numbers. And then they confuse you by giving something called coronary risk score, which yes. is very confusing because the bigger number is actually better. Patients come to me, my coronary risk score of 45, am I going to die? No. So I don't know why we should get rid of that, in my opinion. Let's look at it. So there is total cholesterol, which is the total amount. LDL is the bad cholesterol. So you want to know the LDL. Everybody should have it less than 100, preferably 70 if you have risk factors. HDL is the good. You want to be more than 40. 50 is good for women. The triglycerides is the starchy cholesterol. It's the junk food we love. So my triglycerides is genetically high, even though I don't eat that many, but I do like sweets. It's this, the bread, potato, pasta desserts. That's what raises. So if you actually stop eating, the triglycerides will come down. Okay. Fasting is the best treatment for it. Now, so we look at that, and then we look at the LDL versus total cholesterol ratios. Don't get too hung on these ratios. It's too confusing. Just look at a total LDL, HDL, and triglycerides. More importantly, I want the LDL cholesterol to be low. Now, HDL is very complicated. Women generally have high HDL cholesterol. That's why there was some protection by women. Remember hormonal protection? We say women don't get heart attacks until about 60s, men in the 50s, so a decade. There is some hormonal protection to it. We used to think triglycerides are okay, but it's not okay. So if your triglycerides are 400, 500, that's a problem because indirectly going to affect the heart and metabolic syndrome and so on and so forth. So stick to LDL, HDL, triglycerides. For example, your total cholesterol may be high, but if your HDL is high, it will be high. So don't worry. If your LDL is 70, if your HDL is 100, do not worry. Does that make sense? Yes. So I think it's more complicated, but discuss with the doctor. I used to say, know your numbers. You know, when you're 25 and you're running marathon, don't worry about it. But we're talking about, you know, come to my age, <laughs> okay? So when you're 50 plus, when you go to the doctor, I want you to have something called numbers, which is, what is my blood pressure? 
what is my cholesterol what is my blood sugar do i have any significant risk factors doctors write it down because i ask the patient what's your blood pressure i don't know a doctor by the way blood pressure is a separate topic if your blood pressure is normal let me tell you something your chances of stroke is less than 1 2% 120 over 80 and also i'm interested in a new topic called vascular aging why do we get old of course skin you know sun and all the reason why we get old is that arteries get stiff can we prevent artery stiffening that means you're going to live 100 125 years healthy if you keep your blood pressure normal blood sugar normal blood cholesterol normal i think we're going to most of us will live 100 years sounds like another podcast for me and you correct <laughs> so i do have one question this is totally me sure. um so i had my cholesterol done back in april yep. for our wellness screens and then i had it done here just in october for um the heart to heart yep. thing a lot of my numbers went way down so and i have not done anything different does it matter when you get your cholesterol tested obviously you fast but does it have any impact on what you ate for the weeks leading up to it correct does that it's impact such a, it? it's a variable particularly triglycerides You can go from 250 to 50 and you're like, oh my God, I did great. No, it's just you didn't eat much. LDL cholesterol doesn't change much in general. HDL maybe a little bit. It's the triglycerides which changes, which change the whole equation. So triglycerides is highly dependent upon what you eat, okay. the week and the day. If you just fast about a month, like minimal eating, go intermittent fasting, boom, the triglycerides will come down. But it's good to have intermittent fasting is another podcast, but it's been proven to be beneficial. Eight to ten hours you eat, and rest of the time you fast. It will allow the liver to digest what you ate, and you're going to lose weight. And it's good for cardiovascular system. Okay, well that's good to know because I'm like, wow, look at me, look at what I do. And it's good that you you know exercise is yeah. excellent. I mean, don't people ask me anybody who is not either not dying or having terminal cancer should be exercising. Okay. All right, this is so interesting and there's so many factors that go into it. So I think the point is you can't really rely on one thing. Oh, my total cholesterol is less than 200. I'm good. Yes. So a variety of these tests, knowing those numbers, getting that calcium CT score and then just overall, what are your risk factors? You got to take that all into consideration. Absolutely correct. And I think get your calcium score if you have the risk factors. I think it's going to save your life and some of your friends. Now, this is all I do. When I talk to my friends, I have first question is what's your calcium score? This is how my conversation goes to anybody my age. You pick up the phone when you meet your parents, you ask them what's your what's calcium their, score. Their, That tells so when you, you get together you at the holidays, hey, what's exactly. your CT? Score? Everybody should. If they're more than 50, ask their calcium score. I'm telling you it's going to save lives and I'm so so committed to this now that every friend patient of mine we're going to do that. Now, remind everybody if you already had bypass surgery no point okay. if you already had a stent don't do it because already you know you have coronary disease they should be on statin so this is for people who never had coronary disease myocardial infarction and bypass surgery or stents okay caveat all right well i'm happy that we got to talk i'm sad to say that i probably won't be seeing you as a patient for a while good that's what <laughs> that's i want lori so i'll just have to say hello to you in the hallway and and these occasional podcasts We'll do more. All right. It's so good to see you and talk to you again. Have a Thank great you, day. Thank you, Larry. Excellent job. If you're interested in learning more about Heart to Heart at Sarah Bush Lincoln, you can visit our website at sarahbush.org slash H2H. That's the number two. 
or call 217-258-2561 during regular business hours. If you live outside our area in central Illinois, you should talk to your health care provider to see if a similar program is available in your area. It's money well spent. We hope you'll join us again soon. If you like this podcast and Dr. Lakshmi, he has several more available on a variety of heart issues. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you always know when new shows are available. And remember to speak to your health care provider if you have questions or concerns about your physical or mental health. For Health Styles, this is Lori Banks. I hope you have a great day.